the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hello, everybody, and a good Monday to you. I hope you had a good weekend, which is what I have been saying for many years on Mondays. And I really hope you did. Major uh, outburst of rioting, stomping on cars, breaking car windows, beating up people. At least the two people that I know of some shot. Uh, sporadic random violence. I don't know. Is it hundreds of kids? Did you have any? Is any number given? I looked. I, I can't tell from the video how many it is. And it, uh, from what I could gather, most of those kids were black. And it is worth noting because we do have a problem in the black community, needless to say, not touching all blacks or, or even a majority of blacks, but a disproportionate number of black fellow citizens. The reason that the left rejects that is that victims cannot do bad. Victim groups are good. So we hear there was an example of this very sad story of a, of a black kid who was trying to pick up his brother. Did you see that one? Where, where was that? In, in what state was that? Was that Kansas? I don't remember what it was. Well, we'll find out for you. And knocked on the door and, uh, of a white uh, homeowner and was immediately shot in the head. And that, that's uh, un- unbelievable to me. Uh, a, a terrible uh, act, if those are all the facts involved. It's always an important thing to note. But, and that has made headlines. White homeowner shoots black kid looking for his brother, knocking on the wrong door. It was, I think, the next door that he meant to pick up his, his younger brother. But when the, the opposite occurs, which is far more frequent of a black... Yeah, com- Kansas City. Commit Kansas City. Kansas or Kansas City, Missouri? Kansas City. Uh, well, Kansas City is both in Missouri and in Kansas. That's what I'm asking the yeah so when that happens as i just said that is national headlines daily mail is international and it was a major piece whereas the far more frequent black violence against whites is is almost never mentioned in that context my my if we ignore that there is a problem uh, in uh, the black community with regard to violence, 
then all we have is more blacks hurt because most black violence is against blacks. But that doesn't matter. As I have said all of my life, feminists dislike men much more than they love women. Black organizations dislike whites much more than they like blacks. And that is the way in which it all works. Leftist organizations have a much larger agenda. They use the group in whose name they speak to further their cause. The mayor, the new mayor of Chicago, who was essentially made mayor by the black community and the teachers' unions, I made a statement about how we cannot demonize these kids who committed all this violence because they are they are underprivileged, which is often uh, on the left a a euphemism for black or racial minority kids. So that is what further lends uh, credence to my my what I see in the video of it being a great majority, if not all black kids doing the rioting. If white kids did the rioting, I'd have the exact same condemnation, needless to say. But the fact that he doesn't want us to condemn them, what we need to do is give them more opportunities. In other words, fund more things in the areas in which they live because the the basic Marxist doctrine applies to the new mayor of Chicago, and I have read it to you all of my career, whenever it comes up. Poverty causes crime, racism causes crime. The criminal, if the criminal is in a racial minority group, then the cause of the crime is racism and poverty, not the individual and the lack of a functioning moral conscience. That it is not even in the vocabulary of the left. The only people responsible for evil that they do are white supremacists, which given the fact that they believe and articulate that every white is a white supremacist, that that would mean uh, that any white crime is blamed on their white supremacy, and they are always held responsible. Whites are always responsible for the evil they do. Minorities are never responsible for the evil that they do. The only bad black on the left is a black conservative, not a black criminal. Is that an unfair statement? Is that not a sick moral compass? Really, the only bad black to the white or black leftist is a black Republican, not a black murderer. Whew, gives you the uh, creeps. Well, it should if it doesn't, anyway. 1-8 Prager 776. I don't often mention movies. But I had been mentioning a movie. They had paid for ads on the show. And now I finally watched it. I I recommended it based on what others had said. And I thought I'll sit. My wife said, let's watch it for 20 minutes. 
and uh, then we'll have a better idea what its content is. Well, after 20 minutes, I thought, I'm not leaving. This thing is, is absolutely gripping. And I sat through the entire movie, and it, I just want to recommend it to you. It's in theaters now. I'm not paid to say this. Uh, I'm just telling you this. It is a fascinating. It's really uh, a, a, essentially a two-man movie. I mean, there are other there are other characters, and I uh, I I was riveted. It has a 92 percent Rotten Tomatoes rating. That's pretty high. It 92 percent. You don't get 92 percent of anything in this country. <laughs> It's called Nefarious, and I strongly recommend it. It'll make you think. I won't tell you what it's about. I will just tell you that. The acting is uh, is incredible. Mm, maybe one day I will talk to you about it, because it's a subject that has uh, entered my consciousness in the last few years, whereas it had not been prior to that. I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Again, it's called Nefarious. This is a free plug because it's really well done. That's Chicago. I feel bad for the citizens of Chicago. The mayor's new mayor statement is on Trillium. Oh, good. Yes, if if indeed it's it's here, and so it appears. Great. Here it is. Okay. So here is the new mayor statement. New York Post, Chicago's mayor-elect, oh, he's not the mayor, my apologies, mayor-elect warns against, quote, demonizing, rampaging teens after unrest. Chicago mayor-elect Brandon Johnson responded to this weekend's violent teen takeover of Chicago's downtown area by urging the public not to, quote, demonize, unquote, the hordes of rampaging young people who set cars on fire clashed with cops and damaged private property. I want to mention something about the ignoring of the cops. A society that does not fear its police is going to have uh, violence in unprecedented uh, levels. And that's exactly what is happening. The left has made police weaker, and contemptible. So the police were there, and they still set cars on fire and beat some passengers in cars up, beat up some passengers in cars. That's better English. Johnson, a progressive Democrat and former teachers' union organizer who was elected mayor earlier this month, released a statement Sunday, that's yesterday, reacting to the disorder in his city, that resulted in a shooting and more than a dozen arrests. In no way do I condone the destructive activity. Let's begin with that. Do you hear that? In no way do I condone? He can't condemn? He doesn't condone. Rioting in the streets of Chicago, he doesn't condone it. I'll give you more of his statement. Every day when I pass a mirror, I still can't believe it. It's me. I'm looking back at myself. I never thought I'd be this fit again. But 42 pounds ago, I decided to take control of my health. And with the help of my PhD weight loss and nutrition, 
I'm so glad I did. The program is simple. Dr. Ashley Lucas and her amazing team customize a plan for your body to make it simple. They even provide 80% of your food at no additional cost. They treat your entire person as one. Dr. Ashley believes that all change starts with the mind. She'll help you to change your behavior when it comes to food and think differently about food so you'll never gain the weight back. Give them a call right now at 864-644-1900 and they can answer all your questions. If I can do it, you can do it. So let's continue here with the statement of the mayor-elect of Chicago. It's 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 like of a of a foreign body. Uh, like it, it's it's like a different species of human thinks this way. But it's he's a leftist. We are different. In no way do I condone the destructive activity we saw in the Loop and Lakefront this weekend. I know. I mean, the Loop. My God, it's, that's basic Chicago. Downtown. Yeah, it's downtown Chicago. Okay, it is unacceptable and has no place in our city. Okay, that's the, that's it's unacceptable and there's no place in our city. Right. So. What, but what is the gist of his message? However, it is not constructive to demonize youth who have otherwise been starved of opportunities in their own communities. Well, in other words, they're not responsible for what they did. And you know why? Because they're mostly black. That's why. And it doesn't matter that the mayor-elect is black. A white mayor-elect who is on the left would say the exact same thing. The message has been, most of my lifetime in fact, that when blacks commit crimes, that's the left-wing message. They are not responsible. When poor people commit crimes, I'm talking violence even, they are not responsible for what they do. We are society. Now, let me ask you a question. If you have any wisdom or even just common sense, if the message is repeated over decades that if you commit a crime, you, you being a member of a certain group, we will not hold you morally responsible. We might hold you legally responsible, but we do not hold you morally responsible. Do you think you will get less or more crime? Okay, it's a rhetorical question. This dehumanization of blacks is part of the greatest racism since slavery and Jim Crow, left-wing racism. The left regards blacks as inferior human beings. Whites are responsible for their behavior if it's bad. Blacks are not responsible for their bad behavior. Who has contempt for blacks? Conservatives or leftists? Yep. 
Our city must work together to create spaces. It's, oh, that's it's, it's another leftist word, spaces. Like No Safe Spaces, the movie I did with Adam Carolla. No safe spaces. We have to create spaces where people can engage in some sort of matrix of diversity, equity, and inclusion. I'm trying to throw in as many left-wing words as I can. What is the word I'm, I'm looking for? The inter. What's the inter word? Everything is interconnected, and uh, what's that? They, they, they use intersectionality. the intersectionality. Intersectionality. That's correct. Thank you very much. We need to create an intersectional space, which has the matrix of diversity, so as to create the opportunity to engage in an anti-ableist anti-homophobic, anti-racist, anti-transphobic space. Our city must work together to create spaces for youth to gather safely and responsibly under adult guidance and supervision to ensure that every part of our city remains welcome for both residents and visitors. That's the issue, get it? Not lack of fathers. Not lack of religion. No. They don't have spaces for youth to gather safely and responsibly. Maybe a lot of the the part of youth's nature is not to gather safely, but to set cars on fire. Maybe that's part of youth nature unless it's controlled. Right? Is that... Is that a good read of human nature? Bet you this is not what this leftist thinks. I'm sure he thinks human nature is basically good. This is this is the issue, my friends. Kids gather in downtown Chicago, prompted by there isn't even the veneer of a political cause. It was just to destroy. There's fun in destruction. Johnson added that his goal as mayor is to, quote, improve public safety and make Chicago livable for everyone. Let me just say that if his attitude is that the city is responsible for the fact that these kids did what they did because it didn't provide the spaces for them to gather peacefully... There's no chance. Yep. Don't demonize them, folks. Create spaces. Every solution is offered, except ones that would work. A father on earth and a father in heaven. You know, there. I, I do believe that there is no amount of damage that the left can do that would have any significant number of liberals, forget leftists, obviously not, liberals not vote Democrat. 
You know, they say that many on the right are obsessed with pro-life on the abortion issue. Uh, it is way, way uh, matched by obsession with abortion on the left. Because of Supreme, the Supreme Court decision on abortion, which did not, of course, outlaw it in any way, all it said was it's not in the Constitution and the states can decide. But that, that is not enough. It has to be said to be in the Constitution that you have an innate right uh, to uh, kill a fetus or terminate a pregnancy. Use the language you wish. Terminate a pregnancy uh, is a phony form of English. You're killing something. Okay. No, nobody says when they kill a fly even, I, I terminated a buzz. Right? I killed a fly. But you can't say I killed a fetus. Isn't that interesting? The only thing you can kill and not say you killed is a human fetus. Kill a fly, kill a dog, kill time. <laughs> but no, no, there's nobody killed in, in an abortion. It, the term is not allowable. The moment you use it, you're, you're obviously a religious fanatic. I don't know why an atheist cannot be honest. It's a point I, I never really thought of, that the term is never used. But it is with everything else. I think you should start using the language with animals. I, I terminated the buzz in the room if you kill a fly. There is no, there is no issue that, uh, there is no destruction of America that could take place that would move liberals to vote Republican. Do you know that the majority of liberals, I think, I think the overwhelming majority actually, do not believe that biological males should be allowed to compete with females in, in, in girls' sports. So there was an article on this, an incredibly dishonest piece in the New York Times. To say that I was not shocked is not, isn't, is to understate the case. That it's really just a make, make-believe right-wing issue to try to win votes, right? People don't sincerely believe that it is actually cheating. You're a narcissist cheat, like this person called Leah Thomas, if you decide to compete against women if you are a biological male. You're just a cheat, pure and simple. You are nothing more than a cheat. But for the left, you are a noble, a truly noble individual, breaking the barrier to trans acceptance. So there, there is nothing... And I looked at the comments, they're all New York Times subscribers, comments tell you a lot about society, and the comments were, I don't agree about this trans issue, the left is making a big mistake, but it doesn't matter, I will never vote Republican. That was the gist of the comments in the New York Times among its subscribers. There's nothing that could happen that would enable me to vote Republican. So the destruction of our cities that is taking place before our eyes, it is it's incredibly evil what happened in Chicago yesterday. And you have this 
asinine man because he's a leftist. Leftism makes you asinine. It is, there is no possible other explanation. You don't think clearly. You don't, you don't uh, have a moral compass that is functioning. It is definitional. The left is the anti-civilization. It's anti-culture. And it is certainly not anti-racist. There is nothing that the left can do that would have liberals, forget leftists, vote Republican. Liberals are the ones that will have to answer because they know better. That's, that's the point. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free offer with promo code Prager. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listeners square to the buy one, get one free offer. Enter promo code Prager or call 800-761-6302 to get your MyPillow 2.0 now. Hello, everybody. Hope you had a good weekend. Dennis Prager here with you. The mayor-elect of Chicago, Brandon Johnson, found it very difficult to condemn. He doesn't condone the large group of young people that were burning cars, smashing windows, in one or two cases, shooting people, beating up people, a, a spontaneous eruption of violence for no reason other than these uh, kids were not raised with a moral code. They've been raised with a victim mentality, which is the opposite of a moral code. Because the message of their schools, of their media, Social media, as well as traditional media, is if you're not white, you're not responsible for your behavior. Whites are responsible for your condition when there is a total green light for acting out. That's what the left has done. The left ruins everything it touches, and um, many black youth are uh, one of the things they have ruined so li- listen to this uh, dialogue. I played for you his, uh, I-, I read for you his statement last hour. Listen to this dialogue he had with some Chicago radio reporter. Because they, that's how they can eat? The real answer is, how do we make sure, the question is, how do we make sure that people can eat? Look, no one is going to condone, um, you know, behavior that, that quite frankly 
speaks to a level of desperation. So you're not. You're wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. It, it, it's it's double talk. It's it's double speak. Okay. No one is going to condone behavior that speaks of desperation. When it speaks of desperation, it is condoned. If not condoned, it is defended. That is more precise. It is not condoned. That's true. He's not saying it's a good thing. He's saying it is an unblameable thing. The left is a Marxist group. It has always been. Now it's just obvious. I'll come back to him in a moment just to give you another obvious example. Utilities in the state of California will be charging people rates based on their income. That is pure communism. That is pure. To each according to his needs, from each according to his ability there you have it, from each according to his ability. My producer asked a very interesting question about this news item. How will they know your income in California? Isn't that supposedly a private matter between you and the IRS? Or between you and the government? How will utilities know how much you make? It is fascinating. I wrote about this two weeks ago in my column, and uh, I marvel at this fact on a daily basis. I studied Marxism and the left. That was what I studied in graduate school, and I never thought that what I was learning would be applicable to the United States of America. And in that sense, I was naive. Why would only Russians or Chinese or Vietnamese or Cubans be susceptible to accepting communism? And many people did. Do you know that right now, or the latest poll, I should say, before Putin's invasion of Ukraine, years before, Polls in Russia showed that the, a majority of the Russian people think Stalin was the greatest man of the 20th century. He murdered 20 to 40 million of their fellow citizens. It wasn't even like he murdered others. He did. He murdered 5 million Ukrainians. <laughs> so that's why, by the way, I really do have little respect for the many sweet people who have decided to stay foolish and childish by believing human nature is basically good. If half of a population thinks that one of the greatest two mass murderers in the history of Earth is with the greatest man of a century, we, uh, you either have to believe that Russians are born bad or that the human being is born with many inclinations toward bad. And it is the latter. How do you explain, what is this guy's name again? Brandon Johnson. Brandon Johnson. Brandon Johnson 
fits perfectly in the model of a Soviet mayor. His language is that of a communist. Don't blame these kids. They did it out of desperation. They're, they don't have money to eat. Is that right? We have Americans who don't have money to eat? Who are, uh, let's put it this way, we have Americans who are not deeply mentally incapacitated, who don't have money to eat? That's why they, that's why they burn cars? They look well-fed. Let's continue with the mayor-elect, the communist mayor-elect of Chicago. Looting. I'm saying that people are acting out of desperation. We don't want a society that is acting out of desperation. But you have to pay attention to the cries that people have. So you're you're not condoning looting? There's no way to, to, to embrace that. What I'm saying is you can't condone the looting that corporations continue to do every single day when they take tax dollars from black, brown, white folks all over the city of Chicago so that they can turn a profit. That's pure communism. Why why are you condemning these kids for burning cars and, and breaking windows? No. Corporations are looting every day to turn a profit. Turn a profit is dirty words to the left. Shouldn't turn a profit. But it was thanks to the profit motive that we created the most affluent society in human history for blacks as well as non-blacks. Wow. Well. People have spoken. People have spoken. Yes, that's right. The joke is, it was really, uh, it, it was a race between two Democrats. I wonder if the is, the, is the Democrat who lost speaking out on this? It's an interesting question. He, he should. I mean, why doesn't he condemn what the mayor-elect is saying? Why, why, there's never like, you know, folks, had you voted for me, you wouldn't hear this defense of these kids who did such bad things. Desperation. Oh, right. Are you even allowed to say what I ended the last segment, the the first hour of the show with? Hey, maybe it's the lack of fathers on earth and a father in heaven, not desperation in an economic sphere. But they have explained everything, because Marx did, in economic terms. That is what motivates people. Economics. Well, he was wrong. That is not what, uh, that's not the primary motivator. It's an interesting question, what is the primary motivator? I think the primary motivator is meaning. I, be, I agree with Viktor Frankl, not Freud, and not Marx. Viktor Frankl. The greatest yearning for the human 
more than for money, way more than for money, and even more than for sex, is for meaning. And the left gives the post-Judeo-Christian world in which we live meaning. That's, that's it. So they make up all the stuff to fight. They'll save the planet from global warming. They'll save America from, yeah. from racism. One eight Prager seven seven six folks, it's very important that you buy some gold and silver. It is so obvious. I'm not going to make that case. The, the case I'm making is for Nick Grovich, one of the few people that I mention by name as opposed to just his company because I know him to be so honest and so incredibly competent. He'll tell you what not to buy for example, in terms of coins. There's no obligation. Just contact AmericanFederal.com or call 800-221-7694, 221-7694. No obligation, but that's the place to do it, AmericanFederal.com. You better stop the things you do. This is the state of our country today. We have... Marxists taking over. Yep. Some of us have known this for all our lives, that the left is, not liberals, the left is communist. Not pure communist in the sense that the government will run every restaurant as they did in the Soviet Union. They don't care about that, although they hate small businesses because they're independent. I mean, gradually, though, if they had their druthers, they would run every restaurant. But that's not the point. As it is now, uh, Biden, who is uh, a bad a bad human being and a, and a Marxist, which I didn't know. I never thought he was Marxist. I didn't think he stood for anything. He might not, but he is a Marxist. Uh, in, in this case, what he's going to do now, is, which is mandating that companies essentially not be able to produce gas-powered cars. What are they called? ICE, Internal Combustion Engine. Engine. Yeah. Uh, this is an amazing thing. You are telling companies what they produce, what they should produce. All in the name of, of hysteria, pure hysteria. We, we, are, we are destroying the economy of the Western world. While China builds a, 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 a coal mine, what is it? Not coal mine, a coal, what is it called? There's a term, a coal Plant, yeah, maybe plant. They build a coal plant every two weeks, and nothing is done about it. Nothing. It's every week. It's every week. Doing I've understated it. It's Refine- refineries. Coal refinery? No. 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 Where did you guys get that one from? You should go to the punishment room. It's oil refineries. Anyway, that China can do that, but we. Uh, we are undergoing 
a total destruction of the Western economy in the name of global warming. It is amazing. You were so misled by experts with regard to masks, so misled by experts with regard to the uh, to the so-called vaccination against COVID, so misled about school closings, so misled about uh, general lockdowns, and now, but still believe them. There's no amount of deceit. There's no amount of incompetence on the part of quote-unquote experts that would stop people, basically the well-educated, because they're taught not to think. I I believe that literally. I think you're taught not to think. You're taught to listen to experts. That's all you have to do. In, In a sense, you're rendered artificial intelligence when you go to college, and now earlier than that. There's just information put into you, and then you spout out whatever information was put into you. And in that name, we are destroying the economy of the Western world while China is left alone. This is a very bad thing, the movement to everything electric. Very, very bad. The ability then to destroy a society by just ending its electricity. See, if you're natural gas-powered, well, that's, that's different. Really something to watch this, the unraveling of it all. Yale University hosts anti-Semitic speaker on second night of Passover as part of the diversity and inclusion program, blames Jews for their near extermination by Nazis, and says white people are gangsters. Yale University is an s-hole. See, not just some countries universities. I I never know which is the worst, but Yale is in contention for the greatest intellectual moral cesspool of the universities of this country. If you give money, if you went to Yale and you give money to your alma mater, mater, you're a fool. You're truly a fool. Yale University hosted a speaker last week who was known to promote anti-Semitic views, including justifying the murders of Jews and Israelis. Huria Butelja, who has expressed hatred toward Jews, Israel, and white people, was invited to speak and endorsed by Yale's flagship diversity, equity, and inclusion program, known as Belonging at Yale. That's true. She does belong at Yale at this point. I'll agree with that. Butelja's 2017 book, Whites, Jews, and Us, calls for the dismantling of Israel and expresses outright anti-Semitism. Butelja also blames Jews for their near extermination by the Nazis. Get that? That's a new one. I hadn't heard that. Have you heard that? I haven't heard that one. You have Holocaust denial, but she doesn't deny the Holocaust. She says the Jews are, are to blame for it. Did you read this piece? Yeah. I, I didn't even know how she could come up with that, but I, I'm going to tell you. We're gonna get, I'm going to get to that, how she blames Jews for their, uh, for their near extermination. 
and expresses hatred toward white people. She has been quoted as saying, killing an Israeli is killing two birds with one stone, eliminating in one go oppressor and oppressed. Huh? You get that? I don't get that. The university hosted Butelja to speak on the second night of Passover, making it all but impossible for Jewish people to attend, challenge her views, and raise important questions. You know what the implication of that is? The non-Jews at Yale won't. Wow. That explains the good German. Back in a moment. It's my intention to make every hour of my broadcast life important. If you'd like to hear it all with no commercials and have it forever and to share, PragerTopia.com. PragerTopia. That's Utopia with a Prager. What Yale has done here is typical for Yale, inviting a true Jew hater and white hater to speak, and doing it during Passover, second night, when uh, the odds of Jewish students attending are very small. However, as I noted, it's pretty very pathetic and sad that non-Jews will attend the lecture. I'd like to know how many did attend and how many challenged her. That, that would really interest me. She wants, you understand, she's, she's advocating genocide. She wants Israel annihilated. She condones and praises every murder of any Israeli. And she's invited by Yale. DEI is just another term of the left to cover up their Stalin-like morality. In March 2012, following the killing of a rabbi and three children in Toulouse, France, by radical Islamist Mohamed Merah, Boutelja declared, Mohamed Merah is B. He, this is not Israel. Toulouse, France, a rabbi and his children... And she says that the murderer is her. She was invited by Yale last week. And you know what? Jewish alumni of Yale are going to still be giving money to Yale. Butelja also blames Jews for their near extermination by the Nazis. Now here's her, here is the way she does it. Now that's a, that. That would be like saying that blacks uh, are to be blamed for slavery. It would be identical. Claiming they quote tolerated Nazism before it was inflicted on them, they absolved it, shut their eyes to it, and legitimized it. Because until then, it had been applied only to non-European peoples. They have cultivated that Nazism and hence are responsible for it. Get that? Now all of these are lies, complete lies. The Jews supported Nazism until it turned on them. Nazism was anti-Semitic from, from the minute it was founded. That Nazism, anti-Semitism, Jew hatred was the core belief of Nazism. It was not 
adopted later. It was not a scapegoat. It was true belief. woman was invited to speak at Yale last week. I would not be invited to speak at Yale. I love America. I love Israel. I love the West. That cancels me out. I'd like to know where she's from. She also expresses hatred toward white people. Well, that certainly qualifies you to speak at Yale. Defining them as, quote, the one who subjugates, pillages, steals, rapes, commits genocide, and declares, I hate the white good conscience. I curse it. That's because she doesn't have a functioning good conscience. She added, every white person must take and steal like a gangster, a brute, or a thug. Every, every white person. That includes you, Mr. Martyr. You are a, a thug, a gangster, a brute, who takes and steals because you're white. She's French Algerian. Mm -hmm. Yale. I wonder if the ability to shock, the left's ability to shock has died. That's worrisome. All right, we continue. You're listening to the Dennis Prager Show. Everything the left touches, it destroys. I used to say, what did I used to say? Hurts? Damages. They used to say damages. No, it destroys. San Francisco is next. Daily Mail today. Why San Francisco is in the grip of an apocalyptic death loop. A boom in working from home has trashed the local economy while drugs and homelessness spiral thanks to soft-touch policing. And then, because it's located in Britain, the Daily Mail, will Britain pay heed to this disturbing warning? So people are working at home now in the tech industry. You don't have to go into the office to do code, computer code. That's part of the argument. So therefore, people are not going downtown and all those Tony shops are, are have few customers. I feel for them. And of course, the vast amount of homelessness, drugs, defecating, urinating, vomiting, and tents in downtown San Francisco don't help. Would you want to go to downtown San Francisco? Is anybody going there? So it's sort of, not sort of, it is dying. I assume Portland has a similar fate awaiting it. Wherever the left dominates, you have ruin. That is exactly what happens. It has always happened. There is no exception to that. The left destroys everything it touches. The first time I realized that was the Boy Scouts about 25 years ago. 
and it has proven true everywhere. The damage it's doing to American medicine. There's one other factor I'd like to raise, and that is the damage the lockdowns did. I am proud to say that I was anti-lockdown from April of 2020. You can see it on the internet. I was widely mocked for saying it was the greatest international mistake in history. The lockdowns, and they were. So work at home. It sounds great. You don't have to get dressed. I don't mean you do it naked. You don't have to, you know, get for any way in any way formally dressed. You can shower when you want. You, you don't have to look decent. You you just do the work at home. You don't have to travel. No rush hour traffic. It sounds great. And all it does is increase the atomization of Americans the worthwhile nature of having others at work, of being with other human beings all day, it cannot be overstated how valuable that is in a person's life. Having to actually dress up is a wonderful thing for the society and a wonderful thing for you. This is another lasting devastation, like the devastation done to kids and their depression levels as a result of the vile policy of masking children and the vile policy of keeping them out of school and the vile policy of vaccinating them at their young ages. All of this, if somebody could have written a book, How Can We Damage America's Children?, they would have followed the policies of the CDC and the American Medical Association and the other and the teachers unions who were dedicated to ruining your child. And they're doing a very fine job, one might add. The devastation of the lockdowns things haven't to change. They haven't gone back to pre lockdown normal. I'll give you a little example that I've just encountered. I'm flying to Pittsburgh this week. I'll be speaking in, in, in Ohio at a university. And it's right near Pittsburgh. So I'm flying into Pittsburgh. My, my flight arrives at midnight. And as I always do, I went, to rent, I went online to rent a car. I could find no airport. Airport. Pittsburgh's not a small city. No, we're not talking about Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We're talking about Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And not a single rental car at the airport is open at midnight. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Not Avis, not National, not Hertz. Pretty common now. Pretty common now. That that's what they have done. They I don't I don't know what it is. Is it, it it has entered executives' minds that people got used to minimized service during the lockdown period, and they will put up with this. First of all, I don't I don't even know why the airport allows 
rental car companies to shut down when flights are coming in. You want to have access to an airport location. You are a public service. You have to remain open. Uh, I, I don't quite understand why they get away with it. One minute. So it is, uh, it is another residue of the, of the lockdowns. The lockdowns are a, an embodiment of beware of what you wish for. You may receive it. Well, we're receiving it. The article on San Francisco is, is, is unbelievable. The, the videos, I'm telling you, it, it looks like, I was going to say Depression USA 1933, but it's not true. Worse. Much worse, because there wasn't chaos, there was poverty. We'll return. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. Wally in Washington, D.C. Hello. Dennis. Yep. Can you hear me? I can. Okay. Thank, thank you for taking my call. I had called last week when you were off, and part of the topic at that time was about the whole idea of states separating based on being red and blues and what their ideologies were. And, um, and I brought up the question because I was asked, was I a Republican, an Independent, or a Democrat? And I explained, no, I'm just an American. I don't have that degree of affiliations that I use that as a basis upon how I make my decisions. Well, on what so basis do you I make your question, decisions? On the basis of I'm a Christian, I'm a, a minister, uh, based on the fact that I'm right. told to, you know, treat all the so people. So as, as an American minister, do you feel that your values are more consonant with left or right? Neither, and the reason why I say that. All right, so you're a lousy minister and a lousy Christian. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's one of the things that I did ask when I before I I, uh, you took my call was I said, "What is Dennis a Christian?" They said, "No, he's he's Jewish." I said, "Okay, fine, but I can I can understand if he's not quote unquote professing Christian values." I profess Judeo. I do. I do. I, I profess. So, not so, just then. Not just then. Oh, not really? Just so by condemning condemning yes, the you fact that me? you you as a minister do not know that the left. Hate, all right. Allow me to speak since you did. You okay, do not understand ahead. how the left hates Christianity. You are in the middle between the left and the right, and call yourself a Christian. You're a disgrace to your religion. See, that's what I'm saying. You're saying that on the basis of what? You have no idea about anything I do. You know, any uh, idea? Uh, no, I said it on the basis of your answer to my question. Generality. You, no, no. You asked me that as I in regards to a leftist thought process, and I said no. That's right. Again, You're in the I middle. Right. You're in the middle. You. You are. You. There is nothing. Do you? Let me ask you a question. Do you believe that God okay. created the human being, male and female, or do you think that sex is non-binary? He created male and females, right there. In the All right, so you are so you're not on the left on that one. Is that correct? Go by the scriptures. I don't. Okay, so just tell me, are you? Does that script? on that position? Would you say you're anti-left? 
I would say that I'm by the scriptures saying that he created male and female. Right, but you wouldn't say you're anti-left on that issue, correct? Okay, so you're a coward. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I took your call because I knew you'd differ with me, but I'm I'm not going to hide from you what you are. They are defacing everything you stand for theoretically as a Christian, but you can't say you're anti-left. You're a coward. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hello, everybody, and welcome to or back to the Dennis Prager Show. Wonderful to be with you. It's the fight of our life, of our lifetime, and of the life of Western civilization. If you can't say Western civilization has been the best civilization thus far invented, you are a moral idiot. Moral idiot means that in the realm of the moral, you're an idiot. For example... I'm an idiot in astronomy. I admit it. I, I don't, just don't know enough to qualify uh, in anything other than being uh, an astronomical idiot. I do read about it, but I know my limitations. And that doesn't mean you're an idiot in every other sphere. However, if you're an idiot with regard to astronomy, it's not as damaging to society as if you're an idiot in the moral realm. And that's that's what we are dealing with. If you can't say the West has made a better civilization, what would you say is better or, or is good? San Jose Sharks, I've reported to you, the National Hockey League team, they spoke about uh, indigenous cultures in, in the Western Hemisphere, And they said, see, there were alternatives to the West. They didn't believe that sex was non, uh, that sex was binary. There you go. They also had human sacrifice. They had no alphabet. uh, They had had no medicine, except some ancient forms of of medicine. They they had no hospitals as we understand it. They They had no technology. They never advanced from one generation to the next, but this doesn't matter. Do you remember when, uh, what was it? Was it Adam Bellow? No, Adam Bellow was the son. Saul Bellow. Remember Saul, Saul Bellow asked, well, he said the West had produced the best literature. 
And he said, where was the Proust? And then he mentioned some African tribe, and he was called a racist then. He he was widely denounced. This is not new, folks. It's now much more powerful, but it's not new. And the the now retired fool, chief music critic of the New York Times, Anthony Tomasini, a true fool. Who's to say Beethoven's Third is better than Indonesian gamelan music? So when I say that the left is warring on Western civilization, this is... Uh, it's not an attack, it's a statement. And if they're honest, they'll admit it. So you want to fight? Here's one way to fight. And that is fight by not buying Anheuser-Busch products like Bud Light. And by the way, there is a way that the we can resume buying their products. All they need to do is fire a woman named Elisa Heinerscheid, the vice president of marketing. I read in a source that I trust, I don't remember the name, that she did it without consulting the heads of Bud uh, or the heads of Anheuser-Busch who make Budweiser. And so they have a perfect reason. You you can't do something that radical and alienate much of our consumer base without consulting us first. You're fired. That's all they need to do. Fire her, and we'll go back to Bud Light. You don't fire her, then it means you don't give a damn what she did. You just want to issue statements that you didn't mean to divide America. What a joke. I'm putting a guy who acts like a woman on the can of Bud. It's, it's an unbelievable thing. By the way, I wonder, has there ever been the face of any human being on, on a Bud Light beer can? On a Bud Light beer can? You, you can't think of any. I can't think of any. Sean drinks more than I do. Sean, was there ever a face on a Bud Light can? You don't recall. Do you recall a face on a Coors Light beer can? <laughs> no, no, it's an interesting question. It would be interesting if this human being, who just decided to become a woman in the last year, by the way, that's right, until a year ago he was a man, and now he's honored by Bud, the only face ever placed that we know of on a beer can. They, they did one with Post uh, oh, they did? They When was that? Was a couple years ago. Uh, literally a couple, or is that just a euphemism for few? When They had Post Malone yes. uh, on a beer can? And Post... In 2019, so four years ago, and what was Post Malone being honored for? Why did Post Malone have that honor of being on a beer can? I I nominate, who would I nominate for a beer can? 
I think Jordan Peterson should be on a beer can. But I wonder if Jordan would, would agree with me. <laughs> can you imagine if they actually put worthy people on Bud Light? I have, I have here a Jordan Peterson one. Oh, big deal. I got three Ion Hersey LEs. It, it it actually raises an interesting question of is there is there is there so you know like you collect like the living martyr here I don't know if any of you know this but at PragerU where he works when he's not at this show at uh, he has a what would are they're not bobbleheads what would you, they're not bobbleheads they are bobbleheads. Yeah. Of every single president. And it took a while to do that. That was not easy. Like William Henry Harrison, who was only president for three months, was was a difficult find. One month. One month. Yeah. Wow. Exactly 30 days. 30 days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We th- th- Is our bio of him up at PragerU? Yeah. You yeah. know, we're, we have a bio of, uh, we will have, of every single president. Great way to learn American history in five-minute bites. And it really is great. So why wouldn't it be interesting if some company did bobbleheads of uh, wonderful people of our time? Just be interesting. I mean, I I, I named you know Ayan Hirsi Ali. The, the woman is a true hero of our time. Clarence Thomas is a hero of our time. It is an interesting question. It just occurs to me now. You want to have an interesting discussion? Oops, sorry. The next time that you have uh, guests over, you and no arguments. And it's not meant to to start an argument. If you had to name five heroes of our time, living, living right now, who would you name? See, it's it, it's much easier for people to name dead heroes, although the left has no dead heroes. They're they're, they're all white European male heteronormative transphobes. So they don't have dead heroes. They, they do have living heroes, though, like Noam Chomsky and AOC and and Joe Biden. Glorious human beings, but it 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 does tell you a lot about people who who they would uh, regard as heroic in our time, and we do have them. Every age does, by the way. Every day, every age. Mountain View, Arkansas. David, hello. Hello, sir. Hi. Hi, I have a comment about your comments about Yale and the Holocaust. Well, I didn't mention the Holocaust, but the, the, the speaker did. But it's okay. Go ahead. That's what I meant. Okay. Um, the matter with Yale seems to be a matter of free speech. Um, I guess you're unhappy because I don't, well, I don't know why. And uh, did, would you like to comment now? Or? Okay, thank you. It's very sweet of you to offer. Uh, the issue is not free speech. I didn't say that she should not be allowed 
or that she should okay. be disrupted when she spoke. I'll keep you on, though. I'm curious if you agree with me, though, that it speaks volumes about Yale that they would give her a speech. I go back to Arkansas and David. So now that you know that I am not for disrupting her speech when she speaks and for allowing her to speak, do you have any other problem with what I said? Okay, so it's okay that they let her Yeah, but yes, it's okay that they let her. It's not okay that they invited her. That that it's it. that to okay. invite a uh, a, a, a white-hating, Jew-hating, America-hating speaker mm-hmm. officially okay. so, on behalf guess, of the university is a bad sign. Because that implies that they agree with her? It implies that they think she needs a forum to spew her hate, and Yale is the right place for it. They would never invite a, 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 a conservative I think Yale is the right place for any free speech. But okay, but that's fine. Can I go on to my my uh, Holocaust comment? Yeah. Okay, you, uh, I disagree with you there. Also, um, the Jews migrated to Europe and were not liked in many places for many years. And at that point, they should have left. Mm-hmm. To where? Well, uh, no one wanted them, frankly. So they were in a bad situation. Hmm. So? I, I would, to, to get right so to the did, point, yeah, I would... Go I, on. Yes, I would say that Hitler had no choice. He actually tried to, to... He actually arranged a conference in Evian, France, and none of the Allies would, would work with him to find a homeland for the Jews. So he actually tried to deport them. He didn't want to kill them. So you think deporting all the Jews was a moral thing for him to do? I could, I'm, I'm sorry, say that again? You think that deporting all the Jews, expelling them from their homes in Germany, was a moral thing for him to do? Yes, sure, why not? It's his country. They were German citizens of the Jewish faith. Would you say the same if he had said that about Catholics? Okay, well, Hitler argued that they should not have been ever granted citizenship, and he also revoked mm-hmm. their citizenship. And, and, and you agree with that for some reason? Well, it, it's, it's not up to me. It's up to the German people. So if the American people said today, we, we would like to expel all the Jews, you would support that? Well, originally they were not allowed citizenship in America. Um, it would be really would be returning to Jews, the Jews were allowed citizenship in America from the very beginning. The, the no, greatest I, I, financier I, of the American Revolution was a Jew. Yes, yes, but he was not. He could not have. Okay, but what what year was they? They were they were granted citizenship. Wait, later. so wait, wait. I'm just curious I, I, if, I, if if this were decided that the Jews of America should be expelled, you would support the decision. Uh, I think so, yes. Right. Okay. So this is what I do, folks. Uh, it's been my, my general uh, practice uh, as a talk show host. 
that when truly vile things are said, I allow them to stand. The I argue with people with whom I differ, but when just pure evil is spouted, I allow it to be spouted. I don't yell at them. I could just say it's sad. It's very sad that people allow themselves such beliefs. I divide the world, unlike the caller, between the decent and the indecent. He divides it between the Jew and the rest of the world. It's hard to know what animates it, even though I've written a book on anti-Semitism. However, everybody knows I'm a Jew, committed Jew, and I, I sort of take it as a compliment that people know that they could say anything on this program. Okay. It's very sad. I wonder if he's married. If he were still on, I'd ask him. If his wife agrees. Does he have children? Does he have a community of fellow anti-Semites? Well, we'll do that another time. Uh, Crown Point, Indiana. Bill, hello. Yeah, good morning, Dennis. Hi. Yes, you uh, you often make the distinction between leftists and liberals. Mm-hmm. And I would submit to you that you're making a distinction with all due respect. You're making a distinction without a difference. And the, the article you cited during the first hour is just one more rock in the bucket. You said that liberals, there's nothing that the right could do that would cause liberals, let alone leftists, to ever vote Republican. So You mean there's nothing I, the left could ever do? You said there's the nothing the right could ever do. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. So, um, and so, I, you know, yeah, I realized that the Alan Dershowitz of the world are... are well, you, no, and here, here's the joke. He still votes Democrat. Well, that's what that's my point. Just because they don't foam at the mouth or t- destroy things when they don't get their way, they vote for the same people so that you're, do. You're so enti- I, always, I always point that out. Liber- I said liberals well, I, I will, have to, make, will have to stand before God for, well, for supporting the, the left. The, the reason I make a distinction is well, that... I almost, okay, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. You know you go ahead. Okay. The reason I make the distinction is, A, because it's intellectually honest. Leftism and liberalism are completely opposed to one another, and I want everybody to understand that. It, it's actually a greater indictment of liberals, what I say, because they are betraying their value system. Leftists are not betraying their value system. Leftists are true to their values. Liberals are not. In some sense, the liberals are the worst. Conservatives are true to conservative values. Leftists are true to leftist values. But liberals are not true to liberal values. That's the irony of my distinction. It's actually a a unique condemnation of the liberal. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. When I spoke at ASU, Arizona State University, a couple of months ago, there were three professors, if I have it right, who actually defended uh, my coming there. 
and let's see, on Charlie Kirk as well. And uh, there were a lot of professors who uh, condemned the university for, well, they didn't really invite us, but uh, he was one of the three, the professor... Owen Anderson, he's a professor of philosophy and religious studies at Arizona State. So I had him on right then, and now there are more developments at Arizona State University. So I am re-welcoming Professor Owen Anderson. So, Professor, how are you? I never go, how are you? I I must say, I never do that. I I, sort of violated my own rule. I take it back. I am not really interested in how you are. Well, well, things have been going well, though, uh, since then. How about you? <laughs> My life is a blessing. So we're yeah, having you on because apparently things have deteriorated. Is that fair to say? Well, you know, it's interesting. After I was on last time, one of my supervisors contacted me and said, don't talk to the media without our permission. So I, I, I got FIRE involved. FIRE is the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression. And they contacted ASU and said, hey, that violates academic freedom. And so ASU agreed. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Owen can talk as a private citizen, but he should remember to always say, these are my own opinions. So I have to tell you before we start, these are my own opinions. Now, what's remarkable to me is I'd like to know if that's if every single professor at ASU is told that or just the conservative guy. We all know the answer. It it is an astonishing thing that they even said that to you. Yeah. Don't speak to the media. Okay, no, so me, yeah, so I'm curious has there has there been continued uh, yeah. feedback because you defended my being there? Well, uh, not specifically about that, but what's happened in my college is that we have changes to our bylaws being advanced, and they've already been approved, but there was some procedural issue that's requiring a new vote, and I have no doubt they're going to be almost unanimously approved, except for one vote to the no, which is me. And those bylaws will change how our our, uh, colleges run, and they're going to include not just DEI requirements, but they're going to add in the words anti-racism and decolonizing our curriculum as ways that our classrooms are evaluated. This is coming from the president's office? No, not President Crow. I, I have a suspicion he'll object to it. It hasn't got to that level yet. You know, ASU is made up of many colleges, so this is within my college. And my can, college is a new it, college. Can your college pass this against the president's will? No, he could veto it. So that's what I'm waiting to see if that will happen or not. I see. Because, because a state university should have institutional neutrality. What it shouldn't is the, take a position on What is the, what is the name of your college? New College. So ASU is made up of of a number of colleges. Yeah. Okay. Have other so colleges have other colleges adopted this anti-racism decolonializing program? From what I understand, that will be new to us. I think there are other colleges that require DEI, and I don't know if you know this, but there's a new addition. It's DEI plus B, which stands for belonging. So I think other colleges have that worked in to their bylaws, but will be unique in specifically requiring anti-racism and decolonizing to be part of how our curriculum is evaluated. And just this last week, we had Ibram X. Kendi to our campus. And what I was looking for is to see if anyone objected the way they did when, when you came to campus. So he came to speak at ASU about race relations. 
And it was fascinating because one of the things that he said was, we don't need to convince Americans of the anti-racism position. We just need to get people into power who will make it policy and require Americans to do it. And I thought to myself, wow, he's really saying the quiet part out loud. Well, that's the route or route to dictatorship, exactly what he described. I'm very interested that Ibram X. Kendi, for those who don't know, he, he is the father of it's not enough not to be a racist, you have to be an anti-racist. And he is a hero of the left, and he's just a hate monger. He's a cheap hate monger, in my view. Uh, you don't even have to comment on that. I am curious, beyond words, how many people showed up at his lecture? Um, you know, in the ASU paper, it said that they had to move it to a bigger venue, and they gave the number, because I was curious also, at 1,200. So that's a decent size, but of course, yours had, I think, 2,200. That's a good headline. Prager and Kirk get more than Ibram X. Kendi by a factor of two at ASU. I'll be back well, with you. Too. I'll be back. Hold on. I, I got to take a break. I'll be back with uh, Professor Owen Anderson of ASU, one of the courageous men of our time. When I was so I have a professor on at Arizona State University, professor of philosophy and religious studies, Owen Anderson. And we met when I spoke at ASU a couple of months ago with Charlie Kirk. And I didn't realize about 2,200 were there. And I asked you how many came for Ibram X. Kendi. You said about 1,200. However, I want to be completely uh, candid with the audience and with you, of course. I would say that most of those who came to my talk were not students at ASU. Is that is that correct? Well, that's, I was going to add that we did have a lot of students, but we had, besides myself, I don't know of any other faculty. Oh, there, were, there were a lot of students at, at our talk? We, we had a decent number, yeah. Right, and we what had about Ibram X. Kendi? Was, that, was it 1,200 students or mixed, mixed with the community? See, I would, I, this is just a guess, but I'm guessing that was a lot of faculty, right? So, oh, that's at, funny, at I didn't talk, think of that. Yeah. Almost no faculty. <laughs> Oh, but I of bet course it was not. A, I bet it was like almost the entire group of faculty showed up, right? You're so right. So I'm going to embarrass you, uh, but uh, f- forget the personal, even though it's a personal question. Why are you courageous? Well, last time I was on, you and I spoke about the role of faith. And I, I'm seeing that there's a deterioration of academic freedom and, and especially in the area of being able, being able to be faithful, be a faithful religious follower. And so if, if no one stands up, where are we going to be in five or ten years? We're not going to be allowed to speak about these things at universities. The second university should be a neutral place for all viewpoints, but we're seeing that eroded. Are you ostracized in, in academic circles socially? Well, I, yeah, I, I would... I would say socially at, at ASU, there's a couple of us who are uh, conservative, but overall, my colleagues aren't real close to me in my college because I'm speaking out specifically about the bylaws they want to pass. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, I mean, the state and federal law, as well as ASU's own own uh, academic affairs manual, 
say that discrimination is wrong. We all agree about that. Discrimination is wrong. And discrimination occurs in a number of ways. And, and there's both religious and political discrimination, which means that religious people or conservatives, when they're treated differently in the workplace, that counts as discrimination. Well, they they don't. It's not listed in the long thing of yeah. The, DEIB v, doesn't uh, count v, Vietnam War status. But you and I, I want to I want to ask you something. Have you heard of Native American land acknowledgments? I I know what you mean, but I never heard the term. We you have so what, to now announce wherever you are what Native American land stolen Native American land you're standing on. Yeah, so another thing my college is doing has gone beyond that. Mm-hmm. So this semester in our college meetings, they always begin with a Native American land acknowledgement, and a number of my colleagues have something like that as their email signature, which means every email you get, you get their pronouns and you get the Native American land acknowledgement. But this semester, they've started doing this, which just astounded me. They said, now we're going to read the Native American land acknowledgement, close your eyes and bow your head. This is a state university. Oh God, it's really. It's a. Isn't that a prayer? Isn't aren't they asking us to pray? Well, uh, listen, I expect within a few years, prayers to indigenous peoples' gods will start to be made. As yeah. I, I, you will like this because you're a professor of religious studies. People speak about our being in a post-Judeo-Christian world. The more accurate statement is we are entering a pre-Judeo-Christian world. We are yeah, going, one of my friends, yeah, Robert George at Princeton, says right. this is a neo-Gnostic world. Yeah, well, the Gnostics, though, are post-Christian. Yep. Th- this is a neo-child sacrifice <laughs> indigenous world. The, yeah, we, that's that, what that. And so you ask why we're why why be courageous because there are truths worth standing up for. That's why, and, and a lot of those truths, the, the most important ones, have to do with God and with what a good life is. What percentage of the faculty at at ASU attended church on a typical Sunday? Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. For, off the top of my head, I don't have any actual statistics. I know, of course not. Be, but what's your, guessing, your assumption? But, but it, it would be very, very low number. I mean, low, low close to zero. Close to zero, and then especially if you factor in, you know, mainline Protestant denominations like the Episcopalians are extremely, extremely liberal, um, and so maybe you find a couple of professors going to places like that. But, but uh, uh, I don't know what you might call it—a a, Bible believing, a conservative Christian. Close to zero. Has any of this uh, uh, outlier status affected how many students enroll in your classes? My students actually—I I, get—I do really well with enrollment. Uh, there's a lot of times where I have to push the caps higher to have even more students. But at the same time, I'm very careful not to make my classes into Dr. Anderson's personal opinion time. And that's another thing that we got reports about when you came to campus is that honors professors were using their classroom to speak about your event and how students should oppose it. And that's not what our classrooms are for. So I'm not even sure if my students know much at all about this sort of thing because I don't use my class time to talk about that. Yeah, no, that is exactly uh, how I, I think it should be treated. One minute. Well, my friend, it's great to catch up with you. And we'll, yeah. we'll come back to you when 
there is a decision in your college and then whether the president vetoes it. Okay. God bless you. you. Thank you. Owen Anderson's a professor at uh, Arizona State University. And I would say he's a hero of our time. He's another example of my motto, if that's the word, or credo, that all good is done by outliers. Not all outliers do good, but all good is done by outliers. Back in a moment. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. Final segment already of the show. Amazing that I, I love it every day. Okay, let's see here. Prescott, is that right? Prescott, California? Is that right? There's a Prescott, California? No, sir, it's Arizona. Oh, it says CA. Hold on, somebody's going to the pun. No, no, you don't think so? It's not worth it? All right, all right, all right, all right. I've been overridden. No punishment. Because he, he loves Leslie. That's, that's the only reason. All right, go ahead, my friend. Prescott, Arizona. Yep. Well, have you ever heard of Dr. Harry November? He wrote poetry for his wife. He was a Jewish gentleman that took care of my family. I learned through him, but also from a gun club that I joined when I was 15. I was asked to join the American Nazi, the KKK, the Weatherman later, the uh, Communist Party, and they were all Democrats. I started learning from the doctor about Martin Luther King, Reverend, that had the firearms to protect himself, and I started learning. I learned from many people with tattoos, especially a little old lady. So I learned the truth. And what happened was I became a Republican. The idea that the Republicans were the ones that did not want the South to go to war, did not want Democrat superiority and abuse. Listen, you're right. It would be a beautiful thing to teach at colleges. Talking about uh, t- teaching them what the Democratic Party history is and the Republican Party history. And the Democrats continue to hurt blacks as much as they did when they supported Jim Crow and when they uh, supported slavery. The, they, it's a different, obviously, form of hurt, but the damage the Democratic Party has done to black people has not abated one iota. One that's the uh, that's the current tragedy. Oh well, let's see. No one would. Okay, yes, that's exactly right. John in Newport Beach, California. They announced that we're standing on the stolen land, and then they name a tribe. Do they do they give it back? Do they pay rent? Or more more specifically, how do they know that that tribe didn't take it from another tribe twenty years earlier or a hundred years earlier? which is almost definitely the case. It's all about feeling good and tearing down America. The empty life needs something to fulfill it. Okay, everybody, I'll see you tomorrow. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor pain-free studio. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. 
to hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of Pragertopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.